topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. All right, guys, welcome to the FS360 podcast. We are up to episode seven. Your hosts today are Gavin Nash and Chris Mulcahy. Welcome, Chris. G'day, Gav. How are you going? Lovely, lovely. Back again, um, back again for another week. Yeah, look, it's seven episodes, one a week, we're going well. Yep, no, that's right. It's no, sort of no. gone by pretty quickly. They um, sort of just roll one into the other, really, don't they? They do. But there's been something new happening every single week, hasn't oh. there, as far as, you know, financial matters in these crazy times that we're in. Yeah. But Yeah, so I reckon you could say we really timed this launch of the podcast to perfection. Yes. Like, with everything going on. It was well planned in our marketing oh, plan. wasn't it? Wasn't it? the marketing department. It was very well planned, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> and Gav, you'd be uh, looking forward to maybe seeing your Tigers, beloved Tigers, out on the field soon. Well, you can't win back-to-back unless you're playing in the season, True. can you? Yeah. So, yeah, we're looking forward to a bit of back-to-back. I think they're saying that maybe the AFL may come back on June the 11th. So yeah. I think as we're podcasting today, Friday, Gil McLaughlin's having a press conference yeah, to right tell yeah. us what's going on. Yeah, right. So That'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah, so yeah. you never know. The Cats might actually win a final after finishing on top of the ladder. That might happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very low blow, Gav. Look, right. I th- look, I think with this year we'll just, yeah, hopefully get back out in the field and we can at least watch them run around a bit. And Yeah, um, yeah they're talking the season might be extended. So I think if they get going on June 11, does that mean they play each other once? That yeah, mean? I think they're planning on playing everyone once, which there's already been one game. And then possibly they've been talking about a Melbourne Cup weekend or a Derby Day weekend for a grand final. Yeah, yeah. right. So it's right yeah. in the middle of the spring carnival. So. Yeah, right. Big weekend then. Yeah. No crowds at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But anyway, there's been a fair bit going on. But a fair bit going on in today's podcast because we're welcoming the Director of Agri Solutions here at Mulcahy Co., Rachel Tricky. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks, guys. It's good to be here. It is good to be here. Yeah, it's lovely. Well, we said Brad was upset last week that some other people were in before him. But thankfully, Rachel's actually an avid listener of our podcast, so yeah. she understands that she's you know, on episode seven, that's all yeah, good. Just as important as everyone else, right? Exactly. More important because you're the most recent episode. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Yep. That always gets more yep. listens. Perfect. So, but Rachel's background is that she is a farm girl. So brought up on a farm. I've yeah. actually been to the farm. Yes, and A you bit have. of marketing work out there for Rachel's dad. So, yeah, now it's uh, Merino Farm, so yep. uh, in the Western District. So Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Coriol Merinos. Very good. <laughs> .com.au. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> good website. But um, we're going to get back to Rachel in a moment. We're going to uh, throw to Chris for our coronavirus and stimulus package update. Yeah, look, normally at this time of year we'd be discussing the federal budget. Did yeah. any of you think about that? We would have oh, uh, would been glued to the TV wow. Tuesday evening. That's what I was missing on Tuesday. Yes, May. exactly. May and, every year. Yep. yep, and we would have been um, discussing all the changes in the federal budget. But yeah. um, So, look, that's what I had this episode planned for, but obviously we don't have that information that we can go through. But just with the um, stimulus side of things, so I think we mentioned last week that JobKeeper well and truly kicked in, clients were receiving funds, so that's continued. Um, And we're just seeing that, you know, certain businesses have been collecting their money pretty quickly. Uh, There's still a few out there looking for their money, so checking their bank and getting a bit desperate. So, yeah, not sure how they're sending the cash out, but um, it seems as though it's fairly inconsistent. But, yeah, all we can do is just – I think I think they have come out and said that, you know, it's going to take a period of time still, even though we said on this date the money will be available. I think they've given themselves an extra two weeks to actually send the cash through. So that's happening, which is good. So, um, 
on the Victorian side of things, just I think also we'd be mentioning this, that the Vic grant, um, that $10,000 grant, that got extended so that if you do receive JobKeeper, you're entitled to that grant as well, mm. assuming that you haven't got the payroll tax refund, okay? So assuming that your wages weren't over 650000 in Victoria, yeah. that is. And probably a common question relating to the job keepers around the turnover, and I think we've mentioned this, that your turnover has to reduce by 30% in yeah. a particular month. Um, now, that does not have to be coronavirus-related. So if it reduced for some other reason, that's fine. Yeah, right. So it's really just a matter of comparing. So even though you might be ticking along okay and think that, not much has changed. What we're starting to see more and more as the weeks go by is that businesses are starting to feel a bit of a s- slowdown. So if they weren't eligible, say, for the March and April, they might be for May. So mm. by all means, you can keep checking to see if you do qualify. So don't, don't think that if you haven't got it now or you haven't applied for it now, you've missed out. You can actually apply um, for this next month. So Look, talking to a couple of businesses this week, Chris, just myself in day-to-day work, but a couple of Businesses are saying that like they might be supplying products that until now have been in the supply chain, so they've been able to sell those products to consumers. Now those things are starting to dry up because they're you know, levels of stock and that sort of thing. So potentially now we're going to see a bit of a slowdown for some businesses purely because they can't get their products in in order to get them out to the consumers. So yeah. that, that may happen a bit now um, because we're through that first couple of months, but you know, as things slow down and, you know, ships you know, coming into the country, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yep. So. yep, that's right. So we're starting to see a multitude of different industries being eligible. So I think it's important whether you're a farmer, whether you're just conducting a small business of some description. Um, yeah, it's important just to check your figures to see if you do um, apply for it or can apply for it. So that's pretty important to do because I think the main thing is that, you know, we're expecting... Uh, things get fairly difficult within the economy and even in that farming side of things, which you'll probably touch on, Rach, just what's happened this week with, you know, the Chinese, um, you know, uh, it was barley, wasn't it, that they... Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they um, putting a bit of pressure on our... or the imports, what they import from Australia, I think, and also abattoirs, so... Yeah, big movement there. Yeah, so I think it's important that if you are entitled to this funding from the government that you do take it um, and... Put it aside, like, you know, because I think down the track, as the economy worsens and we have these other shocks that may happen um, due to other external forces that, you know, we have got taken advantage of uh, what's on offer and then put it aside so that when we need it, we can tap into it. Uh, Good advice. Um, The other thing is um, we've got on our notes is the easing of restrictions. So that's been interesting coming up to, I know New South Wales and Queensland are easing this weekend. Pubs and clubs are allowed to open purely for meals, um, not for uh, much else. So not no nightclubs and people dancing around together. But um, it's good to see some of those restrictions easing in some states. Um, not quite Victoria just yet, but um, for our Queensland and New South Wales listeners, that's um, that's been a you know probably the first step back into getting things back open again and happening. Yeah, because the government is keen to get the economy up and running. There's no doubt about that. And I think the unemployment figures came out. Uh, during the week for, I assume that was for April. Um, so, yeah, 600,000 people have lost their job Australia-wide. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, that's a, yeah, that's right. So I think the, uh, the unemployment rate went from, I think it was about five-ish. Um, I think they're expecting 10, 10% unemployment. 
Well, uh, I was listening to a, a US podcast just this morning and uh, they're at 25% unemployment, so 35 million people are out of work yeah, in right. the USA. So if you, if you look at that, we are, you know, and we are in a, uh, like everyone else, we're in a, in a sticky situation, but we're actually, you know, the Australian, I think the Australian government's done a good job because we've sort of been able to keep a lot of things uh, status quo and it hasn't affected everyone yeah. just yet. And look, I think that's where, you know, there's a few commentators... Hopefully there were nasty rumours floating around about uh, the JobKeeper program and it might be um, shut off sooner than what they expected. But I don't know, it's sort of hard to see how they could do that. Like mm. Whether they bring in certain restrictions if the economy starts or businesses start getting back into normal type operations, I'm not sure. But yeah, there was some talk around that and I'm not sure where it got to in the end actually. But I think the Prime Minister came out recently and sort of said, no, nah, look, at this stage it's all running through to the end of... September, like it is scheduled. The full six months. Yeah, yep. but, yeah, I think we um, just have to wait and see. Um, no, it's great. And I suppose the stimulus and coronavirus updates we're doing on the podcast are taking a little bit less time week to week because things are happening now and they're in, they're in uh, law, they've been passed, so they're all actually happening. So uh, we will touch on it each week um, just because it's a topical item. But um, we're going to move on now to our main topic and introduce Rachel Tricky. As I mentioned, she's our Director of Agri-Solutions here at Mulcahy Co. So, um, Rach, what... Um, can you give us a bit of a snapshot into what Agri-Solutions even is? Yeah, yeah. So we're um, an Agri-specific uh, consulting company, I suppose we'll call it. Um, we're out there to help our Agri-based clients um, move with um, cash flow management and looking at um, business planning and just trying to support that industry um, to keep them ticking along as well as they have in the past, historically, um, Australia is probably pretty lucky we've got our agriculture industry and we keep pushing forward and keep pushing the envelope. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of um, – can be seen to be price takers, I suppose, a lot of the time. So um, just trying to control what we can and help our farmers um, continue to grow. And so you're kind of more assisting farmers from a financial point of view. So you're talking yep. about their cash flow management, maybe some succession planning, generational, that sort of thing – Getting yep. their finances in order because um, farmers will have a whole list of other suppliers for oh, economists yeah. and whatever and people that help them with things but you're mainly focused in that finance area. Yeah, yeah. So we're basically using the financial numbers, um, comparing them to their production numbers and using that to analyse their business and then hopefully find the profit drivers and push them forward. So, Rachel, probably one of the main things you guys look at, and it's very important to get the numbers right, and you've got an accounting background, which I think is a major strength when you're then delving into a specific industry like the agri-sector. But cash flow is the key for any business, farming or otherwise. So I yeah, think definitely. what the change has been of probably the last five years or so is the cloud accounting systems. Yeah, yeah, massive change. Yep, and then the specific add-ons for industries, such as in the agri-sector, the figured program? Yeah, yeah. We use a program called Figured here, um, links directly with Zero, which we use and promote throughout Mulcahy's business as a whole. Um, so yeah, it's a specific add-on that's designed for farmers, by farmers. So um, originated in New Zealand for dairy and then has been migrated over here. What specifically does it do? Like how does it, um, I suppose, you know, we're all used to an Excel spreadsheet and yeah. preparing a budget. So how does something like Figured work better than the old stock standard Excel spreadsheet? Yeah, so I suppose it 
number one thing is it um, connects with your actual. So you, when you do a budget, generally in Excel, you you know plug in a bunch of numbers, total numbers. They have no meaning really um, behind how you got those numbers. Um, and and so there's no way to compare them and how you went um, later on. So what we see now is that bankers particularly um, are looking for how you got those totals. So the back of the envelope kind of budget that you used to be able to provide your banker once a year um, doesn't stand up as much anymore and they really want to know, you know, how did you get $100,000 of sheep sales? Where did that come from? Was like what number, how many head did you sell and what was the price per head and how does that compare to the average or the benchmark um, for other farmers in your area? Um, So that's a really big push. Um, Figured also, obviously being technology-based, it's a lot easier to use and um, change on the go. So instead of having this big Excel spreadsheet sitting somewhere locked in a computer, you can access Figured on the go anywhere, anytime, on your phone, in the paddock. Um, Yeah, and other people can tap into it as well. So um, it's not just you, the farmer, plugging away. We can jump in, for instance, and, and help support um, you could, to complete it so you don't have to sit in the office and do it for hours on end. So that would be a big benefit for a lot of farmers. I can assume the farmers I know, they, they love to be out on the farm doing their core business. They yeah. don't always love sitting inside uh, on the computer and punching in numbers. So um, I suppose if you guys can log in from wherever, that's a real benefit for a farmer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And a lot of them, like you're out in the paddock, you know how many you know sheep you've just shorn, you, you're there. Um, but then how to record that and then relate it back to a dollar value when you get the income. Sometimes that's that's harder to do if you don't record it while you've got it, whereas they can, you know, shoot us a text message and say, hey, guys, guess what? We sure this many head today and you can keep that. We can keep a record for them um, instead of them having to sit at the computer for hours on end after a long day's work. Yeah, and look, I think the main thing is, and I think that's the beauty of all these cloud-type setups is the collaborative approach. Like a farmer is like any other business. I've got a certain number of consultants or people around them to help them out. So yeah. I think where it's getting to is you have a program like Zero, you have a program like Figured, you might have AgWeld, it's yep. like your yep. agronomist. Agronomy, yep. So all these things connect. So you've got all these, I guess, people helping the business and in this situation farmers with all this information. So we should be able to get then get that information and use it properly. Yeah. I think yep. typically, you know, and there's still a lot of people out there that, do a profit and loss each year, lodge their tax return and think that's their financial management, whereas they're just tax-driven figures. Yep. Like they have no real correlation to some extent with what's really going on. Yeah, there. and I suppose we see if you've got a good accountant, they're probably pushing pretty hard to make those tax figures not look so great yeah, so you don't right. have a tax problem. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your business is doing poorly. So it's really important to see that management side of things and that's sort of where we help pull the numbers out Um and show exactly how well your business is doing or the areas you need to improve on if that's the case. Yeah, and I think with – was it episode two where we had Neil McCann from our lending yeah. division in here? So Good episode. So where, where all this really, uh, I guess, from farming and other business perspective is if we can get this information um, right, as in from a management level and project forecast and that yeah. type of thing, that can help us get the best interest rate possible. So I think that's one of the things we're aiming to achieve with this as well. Yeah, we've had a fair bit of, uh, I suppose, success, we'll call it, um, providing bankers with a bit more of that business knowledge around, you know, how is a business, um, a farming business, running their operation? Are they, you know, driving to have a, um, a self-replacing stock? 
um, or, or are they buying in and selling selling all their natural increases? Um, and same with grain marketing. So, you know, looking at what are they getting per head? Are they contracting grain? Are they just selling it at harvest for cash? There's a lot of things that make up a farming business and it's really important to relay that to a banker um, to show them that you, you're measuring your risk as much as you can and so in return they should be providing you the best deal possible. So we've had a lot of success at helping farmers um, get a better deal and have a better relationship with their banker or their broker um, to support their business. Yeah, and I think that's where we found it work really well. I guess you can see that we're all working together for the one yeah. aim. Like uh, Bronte, who works in the agri division as well, we had a situation during the week where Bronte had prepared the budget and gone through forecasts and everything. The banker had got this budget um, and then about a week later we get a budget back from the banker in Excel. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I said, what are you doing? Like we should all be working together on this one system so that we're yep. all sharing this information because we post uh, cropping we'd gone off and made a few more changes yep. which then automatically updated. Yep. Of course then the bank hasn't got that. He's trying to do some, I don't know what he's trying to do, but you know, looking at their situation yep. and everything had changed. So I think that just really highlighted the importance of everyone being on the same system yeah, and sharing that information. So uh, I think that's probably the key to how we're trying to move forward. Yeah, definitely. I think that communication piece and trying to keep everyone on the same team, like farmers have a lot of people at their disposal, like we talked about, you know, you've got agronomists and you might have a nutritionist for your livestock, like trying to get everyone on the same page and making sure we're all pushing through for the same goals, which is obviously to be financially secure what everyone's trying to aim for. So, um, yeah, it's trying to make everyone that you've got at your disposal accountable for what they're, what they're telling you. And um, at the minute, obviously, we've got tax planning time. So there's a lot of farmers out there looking at where their figures ended up. And it's really important to look at cash flow when you're looking at those tax planning things as well because, um, you know, it's, it's all well and good to say, yeah, we need to spend a heap of money to get our tax bill down. But you've also got to look at the tax consequences of that, uh, the cash consequences of that, sorry, and making sure that um, you've got enough cash flow to get you through to the end of the year or to the next, you know, paycheck. So I think especially with the government incentives at the moment, the $150,000 instant tax write-off, like there'd be, I'm assuming there's been yeah. a lot of farmers looking at that pretty heavily going, well, I can get an X amount horsepower tractor now that I could, couldn't get under the old $30,000 write-off. Yeah, so, yep. um, but as you say, you've got to have enough money next month and the month after to feed yourselves yeah. and pay the bills. So, yeah. yeah, and it's probably also looking at, oh, well, you know, a few of our farmers had planned to buy something a bit later in the year and so it's having a look at cash flow now and saying, oh, well, could we bring that forward to utilise these tax benefits? And if we can, well, uh, um, do we have enough cash flow to support it? But then, well, maybe we don't, but can we go to our banker and get a bit of short-term relief to help us with that? So there's a lot of possibilities out there, but you've just got to have the information in front of you to be able to make those decisions. I think anyone that's ever been self-employed and looking at getting finance for anything, you know, it's always a bit of a point of conjecture, isn't it? Getting yep. loans, getting your income proved to the bank, et yep. cetera. And I think uh, that's where that those cash flow projections and everything through the agri yep. guys here can really assist and make that association with the bank and the, or the lender yep. just a lot more pleasant yeah, you know, rather yep. than being like, oh, you know, we have to do this now, we have to do that. So yep. it's all in order in the first place and well-reported. Happy yeah. days. It's trying yeah. to make your lender your friend, not your enemy. That's the yeah, key. that's right. <laughs> but I think the cash flow management really drives a lot of things. Like, you know, it's going to drive yeah. our tax planning and cash flow requirements for tax planning. 
it's really going to drive the health of the business and therefore yeah. even succession planning. Like, you know, you've got to get that foundation right first, haven't you? Yeah, that's a massive thing. If you've got, you know, the next generation wanting to come up, well, you've got to make sure the business is supporting itself to be able to, you know, give them something to come to. Like if you um, don't have any cash, the business is probably not going to last too long and your, you know, your son or your daughter aren't going to have much to come back to, which is, you know, and, not what you want. And look, I think the other thing too, probably over the last decade, the amount of debt on balance sheets now, like if anyone's yeah. bought land... Of recent times, it's probably cost a fair bit of money. So there's a sizable amount of debt. Now, that's fine whilst interest rates are low and they'll probably yep. continue to be low. But it's just really maximising that opportunity and just, yeah, making the most of it and planning around that. And I guess having that sensitivity analysis, particularly when you're looking to purchase or take on more debt to make yep. sure that you can cope with that increase in interest rates. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, all about controlling what you can and... Um, you know, those those things that you can control on a farm, you've got to do them right. Um, and that's that's for any business, really, um, whether you're agri or accounting, you know, it's, it's all the same thing. Yep. So control what you can can control. That, that's the key. That is the key. That, that, might, the key. that, might, be, that might feature in our key takeaways, Chris. Could I reckon. I think it should. Yeah, write that Absolutely. one down. <laughs> write that one down. <laughs> control the yeah. controllable. Because you'll get a – yeah, farmers probably, probably don't hear this quite as much anymore, but back in the day you'd say, look, we should do a budget and they'd say, why would I do a budget? You yeah, tell me when it's going to rain. Common. You tell me when it's, you know, what the grain price is going to be. You tell me all these things. And I guess the comeback to that was always, well, that's the reason you need a budget yeah. because, yeah. you know, you, you really need to understand how those things, when they don't go your way, um, yeah. how that's going to impact the business. And I think additionally to that now it's um, you'd start with a budget but it's being able to change that and adapt as you go through the year. So as you find out, you know, things have changed, the prices have changed, let's go back and change our budget and see what that does to our number at the end of the day. So we're not talking about doing a budget at the start of the year and putting it in the drawer and never looking at it again. Um, it's trying to actually use that information ongoing throughout the year and trying to make decisions with it um, and reflecting back on it. So... When you get to the end of the season, let's look back at the budget and say, well, what did we do right and what did we do wrong and is there anything we could have changed? Yeah. So that's that's a pretty big one too. And look, farmers can be adaptive too. Like you oh, know, yeah. they, they are reading markets and understanding how the better way to go about things are. Yeah. Like one of our um, – oh, I'm not sure if I should mention his name but he's a famous grain cleaner in the Western District, <laughs> um, Victoria – he, um, he was saying that you know, they thought they'd finish cleaning yep. for the season but a few more farmers have said, look, we probably were going to put barley in but we don't think that's a good idea now given that yep. the Chinese don't seem to be too happy with our barley at the moment. So, yeah, there's things like that where they will adapt if they have to. Yeah, definitely. And there's situations that you've probably come across, Rachel, where a new client's come in, um, haven't really had exposure to anyone looking at their numbers very mm. closely and it sometimes has been that banker driving the relationship to the extent where they're at this time of year and the banker won't free up some working capital for fertiliser. Yeah. You know, lime out on paddocks, things like that, because they see that as a cost-saving measure Yeah, the bank do. And we sort of say, well, might save money this year, but what about the next couple of years? Yeah. Or, or, you know, what about, you know, for the harvest coming up? Yeah, so yield impact after that. I think if we can – yeah, I think there are situations where that whole cash flow and financial management do certainly – help explain 
and yeah, definitely. I, I guess educate everyone involved as well. Yeah, definitely. Bankers now are wanting a lot more from businesses and that's on a whole. It's not just in the agri space. I think there's a lot more questions around what is your business plan and what's your goals, um, how are you moving to achieve them um, and are you reflecting on them and making sure you're still making the right decisions and you're not just going off on tangents. I think it's really important that... Um, you know, you're reflecting all the time and, and that certainly seems to be the case from a banking perspective. They're definitely asking those questions a lot more. Um, we're seeing in the agri-space most of the banks have a, a set of benchmarks that they compare everyone's numbers to um, and if you get compared to those benchmarks but you know on average you do better than that, it's really important to be able to show the banker that because you can get a lot better risk margin which means lower interest rates or they can support you more with additional cash flow when you need it. Um, so it's really important. Like a lot of farmers have that information. They know what their yields have been for the last couple of years. It's just actually recording them and then putting them in a format that you can then say, hey, banker, this is what my yields are like and you can see that I'm yeah. better than the average. So is Rach our secret weapon to getting into bank world? Is that what it is? Just well, trying to get all of your on. things into a <laughs> language that the bankers understand. Yeah, look, I think so. Look, I think it's just sharing the information, like understanding yeah. what the bank want, um, putting it in that format. Neil yeah. called it commentary. Quite often they, they yeah. want some commentary around yeah. why this yeah. is this way yeah. or why that's that way. Yeah. So if you can kind of explain why, yeah. they seem a bit happy with it. And all we're really trying to do is reduce the risk, the assumed risk that this that's right. person being a farmer is in a high-risk industry given weather and all those types of things. So we're trying to reduce that risk and therefore that will reduce the bank's risk margin Definitely. associated with, with the interest rate. So that's what all of this information does. But obviously it does help the farmer too to run a better well business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you even if as a farmer you, you sort of get halfway through the year and the neighbour's block comes up for sale, that, that's a common sort of scenario we have and they go, we don't want to lose that, it's right next door. We need to get all these numbers together and um, if we've already done the, the hard yards at the start and help them get a budget and, you know, make some production assumptions, it's really easy to then flip that and go, okay, well, let's add this farm on. What does it do to our numbers? Let's take it to the bank and we've got a full piece together to go, like, we can prove that we can make this work. Um, and we're seeing a lot more success rate um, with that and a lot quicker. So, And rather than that scramble, you know, like, oh, no, yeah. it's become on the market before it, you know, before it gets brought ready. up by someone else. Oh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't quite, didn't have my yeah. reports in order. Yeah, the idea is I'm supposed to have it all in order and then you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, you already know what you sort of can push towards and particularly um, if you've got succession in the piece too. So you might have a couple of children on farm and you think, yeah, this extra parcel of land is really going to help support both of those take on a, a good share of business. So there's a lot of um, talk around scale and making sure that businesses have the right amount of scale to be successful. Well, if you can get the neighbour's land and, you know, one of your children can take that over and the other one can take a different parcel, you're laughing. So um, it's really important to be able to jump on that while we can. I wonder whether we should invite Rachel back for another uh, episode at some stage to talk about that succession planning because it's a sort of a, a pretty big part of the industry, isn't it, especially for agri. The next generation wants to come and take over the business yeah. and, um, and their idea is to plan around that. Yeah, and it can be a little bit of a dirty word to your succession. People get a bit scared about it. So I think it would be interesting. We could probably get Brad back in. 
I'm not sure if we get Brad back. Oh, come on. No, we got some <laughs> comments that the last episode went for more than an hour. It went too so long. So Brad just oh. lo- – he loves to talk, I think. Yeah, I he think does – okay. We'll actually, we can say whatever we want we'll about Brad because he's not going to listen to this yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah, true. He said that. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, we'll cut him out. Yeah. But no, I think, um, yeah, succession is a big big piece for farmers and they probably don't address it soon enough. Um, mm. That That's probably a common scenario we find. Yeah, it's really important to get onto it early and don't be scared to have the conversation. And have you got that ebook? Nearly finished for succession planning. Yeah, it's going to be great. You ready for it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. We're big on the ebooks. We've got a few ebooks yeah, out there. We yeah. did some tax planning for farmers. Yep. We did a coronavirus uh, yep. update. Yes, so there's one. been a couple of ebooks on the go. They're all yep. on our website, available at the moment. Just with the succession planning, like there's a lot of it going on at the moment. Like we're on a Zoom meeting. When was that? Yesterday or the day before? Probably but, both days. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, and part of this is probably the message that we've been sending, saying that you know farmers have got some really good tax concessions available to them. If part of the succession is to restructure land ownership and things like that, do that now because we're a bit concerned that there may be changes, particularly as the government have got to raise more revenue from somewhere. This would be a very easy target. So we're suggesting to our clients, as we have for probably a long time, that take advantage of this because it may not be around forever. So there's a lot of that going on. And I think on the Zoom meeting yesterday, I didn't really have to say much because I think Rachel's very... um, skilled across accounting and now the agri side of things. So I think that's one, I guess, what would you call it? Um, unique maybe. Unique, yeah. Because often you've got a figures person okay. you, or you might have a, a farming understand, like someone that understands farming. That's right. But to have that people. But to have that taxation, capital gains tax, and also I guess what we've learned from the legal guys because we do yeah. this in conjunction with the legal guys. So you're learning a lot around that as well. So. Definitely. I think that's where you've got a real advantage, Rachel, in terms of being able to have those conversations with um, clients and be able to cover off on those things. And then we and and then we get you know whoever we need to get involved. But at least you can start that conversation with yeah. certainty of how to go about it from tax and legal perspective as well. Yeah, I think it's like any. That's probably another take home message. Communication is key in anything. The big C. The big C. It's yeah. very. We can have a list of C's going on there. There's a few now. Right, we're going to talk about one thing. Uh oh. Figured. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about a ute. <laughs> a ute? No, that was. No, last. we'll bring that up. We'll that bring was, that up. Don't worry. That was last week. <laughs> Did you see I parked my ute with a trailer out yeah. in the street? No, that's my recession tip. Don't <laughs> run into cars in the car, in the car park. You needed a tax deduction, <laughs> do you? Now, Rachel, um, something figured. I think we need to um, air. Yeah. In this podcast, yes. is figured. Figured. Because I think there'll be some listeners and they'll be thinking, yep, I've experienced Figured and I probably didn't get a lot out of it. Now, can yeah. you just give us a bit of a run through of how Figured came to Australia, what they attempted to do and yep. failed and, how changed. <laughs> and now how they're failed's back? Failed's a strong word. Well, they did. Okay. They, they okay. didn't win themselves many friends, I didn't think, during a process. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it wasn't no. their fault. But no. I think it'd be – because I think some farmers probably see the name Figured and – Yeah, Yeah, it's getting a bit more momentum now, but it certainly has taken – I think we've been involved with Figured uh, nearly five years now, I think, um, when they first came over. So it's a um, New Zealand-based or developed program. It was developed in New Zealand for New Zealand dairy farmers Um, and they recognised that they had a pretty good tool and they'd like to bring it over here. So it's a cash flow management tool is what it's designed to do, um, specifically for the agri space. Um, and it, it's got a few other features like scenario planning in it which are useful. Um, 
but they decided to adapt it for Australian conditions. And obviously we have a lot of different areas of agriculture over here compared to maybe New Zealand that's a bit more dairy focused. Um, so they came over here and tried to start developing the program to handle, you know, cropping and our different livestock areas and then pushing into the horticulture space um, and probably ran into a few roadblocks more because we had so many variables that they needed to think about. So we've worked with them for the past five years to try and adapt the program with a few other businesses, of course, don't want to toot our own horn too much. Um, but they've adapted it now and, and they've done some really good changes in the last sort of six months to in the cropping space. Um, so the tool now for cropping is, is a lot better than it has been in the past. So if anyone's had... Um, had a look at it and had some trouble, um, we definitely recommend you re-look at it and and probably seek some advice is the big one with it. It's like anything, trying to do these things by yourself sometimes can be a bit overwhelming um, and, a, and a lot of programs are as good as what you put in. So if the information going in, so it connects with zero and links in with zero, so the information feeds from zero into figured. If the information going in isn't fantastic, you're not going to get much out that's very good. So whenever we get someone ring up wanting figured or zero help, our, our first point of call is to make sure that the zero data looks good and is there anything we can help with there to start with and then start the figured piece and really set it up. You've got to get the setup right from the start um, and once you get it set up, it, it hums along pretty well after that. Yeah. Yeah, so probably my understanding was in New Zealand, Bank of New Zealand, which is owned by NAB or was owned by NAB at that yeah. point, they were very strong on it and they more or less had all their farming clients using it. Because yeah, that's it's how very the, driven. Yeah, so that's how the banker and the farmer collaborated in terms of sharing financial information. Yep. And we probably thought that maybe the same thing was going to happen here in Australia. So we probably jumped on it from that point of yeah. view and then figured did try and roll it out with the banks. But I don't think that was it's very successful in that probably took a little bit of training for the bankers yeah. rather than just yep. saying, oh, look, here's this program, go home and set it up, it's really good and it'll help your budgeting and cash flow preparation. Yeah. I think sometimes we assume these software products will do everything for us and we just hit a button. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah it's not quite with, No. It's, it's sort of quite – you have to understand probably a little bit of accounting. Yeah, it definitely helps to have a little bit of an accounting knowledge but I think more than anything it's just making sure that um, – You've got some support to help set it up right. Yeah, get the set up right. Get the just set like up right. Anything, just like anything. Preparation is key. Yeah. Like anything on the farm, anything in a business. Yeah. Preparation. Prepar- Gav, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> so, figured is uh, worth another look. Is the the, me- the message from that? I, I think so. Not, not, yeah, not, I yeah, think enough, so. Enough changes have been made to make it a really useful tool now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've noticed particularly you're getting a lot of phone calls or can yeah. If, Particularly, probably even New South Wales way. Yeah, New South Wales um, seems to be a real area that's jumping on it recently. Um, so it's great for us. We're, we're taking those calls as much as we can. So um, it's a good space up there. And obviously, they've had some hard years, but I think now we're they've come through that. And uh, hopefully, this season's going to be really good for them. So yeah, figured it is. And I think that's um, probably a critical thing with any cash flow preparation or just financial management. When things have been going well, you don't think you need it. Yeah. But that's when you should be preparing. Definitely. It's only these guys, probably the, you know, these farmers from New South Wales we're talking to, what they've been through, they want to make sure they prepare for that 
and never, you know, there'll be things they can control in those situations Definitely. and things they can't, such as the drought, but they just want to, I guess, have a better understanding of their financials, control what they can control. Yep. Yep. Those things that they have no control over will put them aside as much as possible, but yep. probably realise that one day they will happen again Definitely. and just have that financial management piece in place as part of their overall business plan. Yeah, really important, really important. I had a guy from um, New South Wales that is our client of ours that we use figured for and um, he got the rain at the right time and he said, Rach, I'm going to put canola in. Can you show me what that's going to look like if I put this paddock in canola instead of uh, wheat as he was going to do, which is a bit safer for um, their area? But, um, yeah, we punched the numbers and he's sown a bit of canola, so fingers crossed they keep getting a bit of rain here and there and he has some good yields. And I think that's the other thing too, like talking to those guys up there and understanding what's going on up there, which I guess we had a general idea that there's going to be a lot more crop going in. Yeah, well, different scale. And like a lot of them couldn't buy livestock or they were too dear, so yep. there's more crop dairy going in. So you automatically think, well, if the season goes okay, there's going to be a lot of grain around, which yeah. is then sort of obviously is, is going to affect the price down here, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. There's a lot of um, chatter about forward contracts too for this year um, or this harvest, whether you should lock in contracts. So if anyone out there uses some grain marketing advisors, I suggest you have a bit of a chat to them and just see see what the contracts are like at the minute. It's always worth having your options open. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of good information there, especially for the ag industry, but some of what we're talking about there is fully relevant for every business really, you know, like making sure your cash flow is fine, making sure you've got enough for a rainy day, what if something goes wrong, what if my supplier, I can't get my supplies or whatever happens, yep. that you've sort of got some reporting in order that the bank's going to like the look of and that you sort of can control those things you can. Yeah, definitely. I think the bankers look at all of these um, things we've been talking about, whether you're in an agribusiness or not. Um, so, yeah, cash flow is definitely king and it's very important to review it and make sure you've got a good handle on it. So we look forward to having Rachel back another time, Chris, maybe for some succession planning and we can delve further into what that is and you know, the ins and outs of how to succession plan your farm. Yep, definitely. I think it's, um, succession planning, it's one of those things that does take time and I don't think people should rush into it. I think the first stage is just understanding where things are at and I think that big one, which we probably have a bit more of uh, you know, information going out about is getting things in the right spot because, as I touched on earlier, we're a bit concerned that these really good concessions we've got are going to disappear. So yeah. we just need to make sure we take advantage of those. Yeah, it's a good time. Good yeah. from an asset protection point of view as well, not just succession. Well, if you have a look at the FS360 wheel... Yeah, it's on there, number four. Number four, asset protection, very important. Very important. In fact, what we've spoken about today probably incorporates fair bit of that wheel actually there's 12 steps but uh it's a fair bit of it in involved in uh, what we spoke about today so yeah yeah we definitely utilize a lot of um a lot of the other departments here um when providing our advice because you know if you need some off farm assets you're getting the financial planning guys involved and if you need some legal advice we're getting them involved so yeah it's a collaborative approach for sure well, thanks, Rach. It's been great to have you into the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having so me. much for your expertise. As uh, Chris said, that's a pretty unique character, Rach, in the industry. So having those couple of different sides to her or strings to her bow. Chris, I'm going to throw to you to run us through our three key takeaways. Let's well, see if you can read my writing. Well, I think the big one was control what you can control. I think that's, that's the key Solid. takeaway. Yeah. Do you reckon, Gab? I think so. 
Because otherwise, you know, you can really – and a lot of people do it when you're self-employed. You just worry about the stuff that you can't really change. Yeah. So there's only yeah. certain things that you can change yourself and they're the things you plan yeah. for. Uh, communication is key. So I think that's probably within the – typically a family farm environment but also with your external consultants, whether they're yeah. bankers, uh, agri-consultants, accountants, etc. I suppose with all this um, software and cloud accounting software and so forth, we can collaborate and share information much more easily. Yeah, definitely. Big and the agronomists come into that in a big way now, don't they? Like, we're, yeah. like are you guys are finding you're communicating with them a lot more? Yeah, definitely. Um, AgWorld obviously is a pretty big program that a lot of them use and it um, it communicates with Figured as well. So um, we're definitely communicating with them Um and, and discussing with the agronomists, okay, well, yep, you're recommending spending a lot on fertiliser. Is that the best use of, use of money and what's the return you're going to get on it? So making sure that the agronomists are accountable as well, very important. And the third takeaway, preparation is key. I like it, Gav. Yeah, it's like if you're a painter, you know, you do a bit of painting at home, you've got to prepare what's underneath before you get the nice shiny finish it's on true. top. That's very so true. that's exactly the same in business, I suppose. Yeah. It's a good analogy to look at. And I think these days with uh, the information we've got at our, at our, you know, we can you know, log on and yeah. everything's very timely. Um, Zero and similar products, they update themselves pretty much. So Yeah, the information's yeah, there. It's, it's you just got to put it out in the right context, yep. really. I suppose that's where the agri-solutions guys can really assist because you can sort of, you know, I suppose there's certain different ways to do reports and whatever yeah, that's just for each particular need, whether it's for loans and finance or whether it's for what crop to put in or whatever. So I suppose it's a matter of leaning on those individuals to make sure that, you know, the experts can help you. Well, I think as you mentioned before, Gav, look, we're talking about farmers probably predominantly today, but it doesn't matter what business you're in. No. Everything that we've talked about is as re- uh, relevant to a farmer as it would be to any other business. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So we've got our uh, recession strategies that we've been going through week to week, Chris. So I'll give you the really quick rundown on them. Yep. And then we've got to come up with our seventh one for this week. So get your finances in order was tip one. Uh, tip two was invest in your client relationships with your customers. Um, tip three was to get fit. That's business fit. So get your things in order, but also maybe keep yourself physically fit and healthy during these uh, trying, challenging times ahead. Keep yourself healthy so that you can uh, take on those challenges as they come through, uh, especially in the current environment. Um, tip four was review your superannuation and insurances just to make sure that Look, let's, let's pretend you're one of these people that are, ah, have got a bit more time on your hands at the moment. Maybe you're not working as much or you're working from home. You've got some time to actually think about your super, think about your insurances, go and have a good look at them, understand what you're covered for, what you're not covered for and, uh, and review as you need to. Tip five was with, um, was with Brad. Um, was was, uh, was that, that making your own ute or? Well, we thought we'd push that down to the 100. Yeah. And make your own ute because it was a good idea. It was a good idea. Just going to save some money. It was yeah. a good idea for that. But assuming you want a ute, yeah. But yeah, what if you don't? Yeah, no, it was a good tip, but you I'm not sure if we'll get much. You could make your own boat. You could sort yeah. of put that to anything. You could really. Apply it. Yeah. But so, now it was about getting your legal matters sorted. So whether that's your will, um, yeah. you know, whatever it is, your your, your structures around your business or whatever, Very get important. your legal matters sorted, including your ute if you've got one. Um, so we're up to tip six this week. So I'm going to throw to Chris. You can give us a bit of a uh, bit of a tip six for this week's podcast. Gav, you put me on the spot here. But um, no, look, a big tip would be not to run into other cars in the car park. Because <laughs> <laughs> that can get quite expensive after a while. But um, we'll assume that 
Not many people. That's not it. Yeah, we'll that assume is, that that's not it. Not many people do that. That is a recession-busting tip because that's going to cost a lot of money. Oh. If, you, if, you, if you backed your car around and hit three cars at once, that that's going to cost hurt. a bit of dough. That would hurt. Yeah, yeah. Would, yeah, yeah. but anyhow, look. Shouldn't do that. I don't think that had happened. But <laughs> yeah, we'll move Surely on not. from that. No. Um, so I reckon, and look, once again, we've tried to link it back to um, what we've been talking about, but I think controlling what you can control, I think that is such an important thing. Agreed. And I think sometimes we get ourselves worked up about things that we can't control anyway. So just try and yep. push them to the side yep. and just really focus on those things that you, that you can control and do your best at that. Yep. And then, sure. you know, if something else goes wrong that's out of your control, and this coronavirus is a classic thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like No one was prepared for it. No, no that's one. right. But I think what we have learned from this and a lot of businesses have learned is just that cash flow management, having that, Bit of a bit, yeah, a bit more of a buffer, and um, I think that's something that, you know, whether it's in the farming space or any other business for that matter, we're going to see a lot more, um, you know, work around the financial management and just making sure that we have got definitely, yeah, a bit more up our sleeve if something does go wrong. Because now I think we can all think that at any time anything can go wrong, that's completely out of control, out, out of our control. So yeah. we need to really hone in on those things that we do well, do them and as do best them we can, as well as you can. And, and they might help you know, mitigate what you can't control anyway. In the end, if, if you've got everything you can control in order and ticking along as, as best yep. you can, that's going to help sort yeah. of minimise what happens totally. on the other side. Yeah, yeah, very much. That's probably good advice. Outside of business and finances, that's just good advice in life. It is. <laughs> control it what is. you can control. Whether, Pretty much. If yeah. someone doesn't like the look of you or what you said or what you're wearing, who cares? You know, you can only yeah. control what you can control, that's which it. is... Yeah, it's you, like all those blokes on the footy field, Gav, that... Didn't used to like you. No, no. You, 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 you sort of controlled them, though. Yeah, there was plenty of guys. Dominated didn't like, them, didn't, wouldn't you? No, plenty of guys that didn't didn't like the <laughs> SMW Rovers whole team. Oh, oh, we kept on. winning flags. That was the problem. Well, thanks uh, so much to Rachel Tricky today. She's been our special guest from Agri Solutions here at Mulcane Co for uh, episode number seven. So thanks, Rach, for coming along. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much to Chris as well for uh, insights today. Uh, thanks, Gav. That's been another good one. Yeah. So yeah. Seven out of the way. Now, next week, we've Bring got any eight. big guests lined up, have we? Or we keep it under wraps? Well, it could be the biggest yet. It could be a celebrity <gasps> guest. So, everybody just, just, that was be just uh, listen in for next Thursday. Yeah, but I okay. uh, hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And as we say each week, um, be well. Thanks, Gav. Thanks, Rach. Thanks, guys.